Hello, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. As a reminder, our episodes will be dropping bi-weekly for the foreseeable future at the beginning of the week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we're recapping from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back, in celebration of, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi's release, joined by half of the wonderful Fulcrum Transmissions. But before we get into that, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at taika.ytidi, on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd. And my brainworm of the week is the <laughs> the quite substantial valence mention and name drops and explanations from the Boba Fett chapter released from, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. Let me tell you, I was at breakfast with Liv when this dropped. I had a fully, like, sp- like body spasm, like a visceral tangible reaction to seeing Valance's name in that article and to think that the story is read by John Hamm that's the highlight truly yeah it's so funny to me an editor Tom released it on my birthday he or my birthday weekend he did it for me he did it for me okay (sighs) speaking of the narrators though do we know what chapter Adam Scott is narrating because I need this information immediately a cranky stormtrooper. I can't wait. <laughs> wait. True. Either that or Scott is merely the voice on, on the new Star Wars short story Trooper Trouble by Laura Pohl, which is part of the new collection Star Wars from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. Okay, so it sounds like he's a stormtrooper, which I think is personally quite hilarious i love that i cannot (laughs) wait okay well in the event of that why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners all right my name is claire um my pronouns are she they you can find me on tiktok and twitter at claire crease i don't know why i just blanked out and thought i was forgetting (laughs) something um and also on fulcrum transmissions maybe if we ever release an episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) my brainworm of the week is the Shadows of Starlight synopsis that called Elzar and Avar star-crossed Jedi Masters. When I saw that, plus the variant, it it was over for the Polestar girlies. I'm so sorry. The firebrands. I was so hung up on that variant cover, and then I saw people saying, like, star-crossed, and I was like, wait, who? And then I read it, and I was like, oh. Oh, it's finally happening. It's finally happening. The Lissett's yeah. Day was just dark. It was dark. It was it was a lot. <laughs> it was so much. Really overwhelming. I think also the first... we This is more just what happened in the past two weeks. But I think the first synopsis for the first High Republic title also dropped, along with a Bangin' Keeve Trennis oh. variant. Yeah. Delicious. I am I so worried for that poor girl. Mm-hmm. It's really looking bad for her. Yeah. Every time she's mentioned in media outside of the High Republic, it's like really harrowing. Oh dear. And I... I'm like, please don't do this to her. And the fact that she was in Yoda number 10 or 12, I don't remember, whatever the that last was issue was. And she was like haunting him. And I was like, no. Get my girly out of here. <laughs> She's already been through enough, literally. Her master, like, I don't even remember. He, like, was evil for a sec. He, Avar he went Chris evil is, lizard. Like, in shambles. Yeah, literally. He had the evil lizard disease. Um, <laughs> God, yeah, Nish, no. She literally needs to catch a break, and I know she isn't, <laughs> because we know it gets worse. Oh, God. Anyways, Shadows of Starlight dropping in November. I can't remember exactly so when. <laughs> so excited. He's so annoying about it. <laughs> Love you, High Republic girlies. Um, well, one other thing that happened in the past two weeks was I turned 21 and kind of got a little sloshed at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> but what else are you going to do on your 21st exactly. birthday? Exactly. What, am I going to go to Vegas? <laughs> gamble with all my student loans i literally want to go to disney for my 21st birthday but i'm like how is this gonna work 
as you should the only reason I didn't go back home to Disney World is because I was I I'm working and I mean Epcot I use my Florida resident pass but it was dangerous information to find out that Disneyland is an hour and a half away from where I live it it's not looking good for me it would be bad for me I literally because I'm like I want to go drink at galaxy's edge but i also want to drink at epcot because i feel like that'd be so fun and so i'm like i gotta find a way to get down there for my birthday i'll give you tips (laughs) i know i need to start planning i have till april so i'm like oh you're fine gotta gotta start looking at the schedule (laughs) (sighs) i think that's everything from me um well something else happened in the past two weeks which is a great segue to our next little section. So again, Kesselrun Relay would like to restate our full support for the ongoing concurrent WGA and SAG after strikes against unfair labor practices and unlivable wages. We encourage our listeners to donate to the strike funds located in the description of this episode and continue showing your support. As some of you may know, something came out in the past couple weeks, which I and many other people refuse to cover or i guess i in the sense of this podcast um we we refuse to even give light to whatever the heck came out in the past few weeks until these actors and writers are paid livable wages and are not at risk for being cloned by ai systems it's 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 really crazy how that works uh, i don't know and it's crazy yeah. how and it's crazy how hard it is for some people to just not talk about it yeah it's really bad some people I was like y'all do you like do you realize that you're literally literally people using like the hashtags for the show and I was like Mm. no (laughs) I anyway (laughs) I will say my opinions on that show until I can morally talk about it yeah because It's a show that came out. I, I sure do have opinions about it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, AMPTP, get your shit together, please. Anyway, yeah. let's get started with our, from a certain point of view, the Empire Strikes Back recap. So again, if you missed our last episode, the from a certain point of view, quote unquote, series is about 40 different authors take pieces of characters and events from the original Star Wars films and present the events of the films in a new light or as the name entails from a certain point of view. So what this does is it really builds out the the lived experience of the Star Wars universe and it gives you a lot of different perspectives. I mean obviously um the different points of view of what happened throughout the at least for now the original trilogy and it's a really cool and fun and interesting concept and if you want to learn a little bit more about that where we kind of discussed it a little bit more um go ahead and listen back to our last episode episode 39 um where we talk a little bit more about the concept and how we feel about it but yeah basically same just as last week it's 40 different authors writing the same basically elements of the same story and it's it's really it's really it's pretty cool um so we're just gonna jump right into our honorable mentions because i personally enjoyed this iteration of the from from a certain point of view series a little bit more than the a new hope series i think i don't know what it is but i think the hoth sections they just they really do something for you yeah, I agree. The Hoths, and again, maybe it's just because, like, Tatooine, we see it a lot, and I feel like Hoth, we don't actually have a lot there. Like, we have, mm-hmm. you know, it's in the movie and a few, like, books here and there, but, like, I don't think that we've really spent a lot of time on Hoth in, like, any mm-hmm. detail until this book, yeah. and all the, like, individual, like, members of Rebellion on being on Hoth, because <laughs> it is, like, an ice planet, so it's, like, not a great place to be a lot of yeah. the time. And I like that they really got into that in this book. Same here. Shout out to the books and comics. Love them. Um, So we both have about five honorable mentions 
So why don't you jump into your fifth honorable mention? Okay. Um, my fifth and my honorable mentions are in no particular order because I just <laughs> just love them all. Um, but I'm gonna start with a naturalist on Hoth. Um, oh, which my is God. about <laughs> this person named Kel, who's basically like a like nature and wildlife expert on Hoth. Um, and I like this story a lot because it explores something that I never really thought about before I read it, which is like, how does the presence of a massive rebel base often negatively impact the ecosystems on a planet they exist on, especially when the planet in question is Hoth, which is an ice planet. So you, I mean, we know like about some of the wildlife there because like we see them in the movie. We don't really think about like the actual ecosystems that exist on a planet like that. And so the fact that there's this story that's like, hey, what about nature? What about nature? What about <laughs> wildlife? What about like the actual physical planet? Um, especially like after, you know, the rebels are there and then they leave and it's like, what kind of lasting impact does that have on like the natural world? Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, that's obviously a very well-written story too, but I just think it's something interesting that I literally would have never thought about until I read the story. And now I'm like, oh yeah, that is definitely a thing because hello like why would it not be and we should not neglect to mention that this story was written by freaking hank green hank green i do think i don't think i'm really slandering anyone by saying this but i think just the collection of authors for this one Mm -hmm. was just so good i mean like you look at the list of them and you're like man and they got like most of the like really good people from the first one too mm-hmm. again I'm not trying to like slander <laughs> anyone by who didn't like I literally can't think of who didn't didn't get brought back but like yeah I just think this lineup of authors was like really like a lot of really talented people Super who, a lot of them like don't really ever haven't really ever written much else in Star Wars or like mm-hmm. at the time hadn't and now they have and like there's a lot of really good yeah like Mike Chen, he wrote Brotherhood, mm-hmm. and I think his start was from a certain point of view. Yeah. Also, no, Dr. So Lydia Kang, author of My Catholicism. Best <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her story is so good, too. I uh, know. Honorable, it's honorable so funny. mention because it didn't quite yeah. make my list, but it's good. <laughs> um, so, my first honorable mention, which is technically I have it written down as an honorable, honorable mention as well is the short story Kendall, which is Moff... What's his name? Moff Jared? One of those guys. Yeah. One of the little admiral guys. No, literally one of them. (laughs) Basically being force choked by Vader and his life is like flashing before his eyes because obviously that's what happens when you get force choked. But I, I, I do have to give a shout out to this story in particular because it does in fact give me Karita lore. And if you know anything about me, Karita is one of my Glepshituines, if you're familiar with the term. Um, because Han and Valance both went to Imperial Academy School on there and they kissed on the mouth there because I said... So, so true. I agree. <laughs> I it, it it was it was delicious to see some Karita lore that wasn't just at the Imperial Academy, but the Imperial Academy was mentioned quite a bit. So, yes, that that that's the only reason why it was an honorable honorable mention is because it gave me Karita lore. So, <laughs> okay, your next honorable mention. Let's see. My next honorable mention is Wait For It, um, <laughs> which is the so Boba Fett story. true. Really good. I specifically, I mean, I just like Boba Fett. Um, and also I like seeing the other bounty hunters. But specifically, it's like, there's one part where he taught, where they're like talking about Jango Fett. And he's like, I'm literally the only living reminder that he existed. Um, and I literally mm-hmm. share his face. And I was like, I don't often get that emotional about Django Fett, but sometimes I really do. And that was one of the times. And I also just think this one got like, I don't know. I enjoy the Boba Fett story in A New Hope, but I feel like this one got his voice down in a really specific way that I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed where I was like, I feel like 
I'm really like getting Boba Fett from this. Um, and again, shout yeah, out to Zoraida Cordova. Yeah, I think Love I you, queen. was in my honorable mentions last time, probably. Yeah, um, she <laughs> is really good at writing. Shocking, <laughs> so I know. So true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this and also like I um, because I was like going back to this book and uh, like when I first read this book, I hadn't read like obviously like Convergence wasn't out yet and so I didn't really know her writing that well and so I was like oh okay and then going back to it I was like dang Zoraida Cordova wrote a Boba Fett story that slaps <laughs> um so it was really fun to like revisit that one and be like oh she really she really got him down in this one the same thing with Adam Christopher to me I think he wrote he wrote a story called The Final Order which I think was, this was published after um after Rise of Skywalker came out and I think it focuses on Pride or maybe that's the one from uh Return of the Jedi. It's I mean, it's, it's nice to it's nice to revisit it once you've read like more of their work. Mm-hmm. And it it's just interesting to see how you can see like his glup shittos that he created in this story show up in other stories. Yeah, and I love that. I, I think that's a really cool detail. Um my second honorable mention my second honorable mention is Stet by the wonderful bestie of the pod Daniel Jose Older which is told from the point of view of a galactic journalist guy and I really wanted to highlight this one because the format of it is so unique and creative and this kind of um follows Daniel's like formatting and trying something new i guess from from a certain point of view a new hope and that his story in a new hope was told through the through the mechanism of like a a mission report so i think it's interesting that he also kind of plays with the medium a little bit to make it seem like he's well i mean he does make it seem like he's he's writing a column but he includes editor's notes and things like that just to kind of build the story out a little bit more and it, it gives us some fun little tidbits about 4LOM and Zuckus. So I, I just had to give a quick little shout out to that. Um, and again, shout out to Bestie of the Pod, Daniel Jose Older, for writing. He literally never misses. So he true. He literally <laughs> never misses. <laughs> so true. All right. I think that's all I have to say about that one. So why don't you go in with your third honorable mention story um let's see where was I oh okay my third one is Bespin Escape um Ooh. by mm. Martha Wells <laughs> and it's basically um about like the it's the Ugnaughts right mm-hmm. okay yeah um, I think it's that on Bespin when like the empire basically occupies Bespin and they're like oh shoot what do we do and it's like this whole family of Ugnaughts and it's just like a really interesting look at how they like I, I always love stories of like people on imperial occupied worlds who are like just normal people getting caught mm-hmm. up in all this empire and like the rebels and everything just kind of like the everyday people having to navigate that um and Mm -hmm. this was like a really specific example of that and obviously a really well-written one and I also like the like kind of family dynamics that they had going on and this whole like Mm -hmm. kind of debate over like what do we do now do we leave like what are our actual options here because we clearly are not going to be able to like take down the entire empire by ourselves so we kind of got to like think about like self-preservation I guess I don't know mm-hmm. that was very interesting yeah I really like the story too well it's not one of my honorable mentions like you mentioned before it's it's a really interesting point of view that you see from the Ugnaughts which were built out a little bit in the Legends um volume one run but to see from the point of view of these people who were working for the well first for Lando and then eventually the Empire and how they kind of shifted from at least this family from one form of slavery to another and how their family dynamics kind of not prevented them from fully from immediately escaping but how they kind of like you mentioned before care for each other and how they all had to deal with their own modes of self-preservation and eventually escape on what is it one of the 
freighters. Yeah, on one of the freighters. It's a, it's just a really cool, unique story from Bestie of the Pod. Not Bestie of the Pod, but Bestie of the Literary World, Martha Wells. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I... I finished the first Murderbot book, but we will talk about oh that when gosh. we get to Castle Run, Re- Castle Run Book Club later today. Um, my third honorable mention is The Witness, which is, it catalogs the plight of a female stormtrooper who had helped freeze Han Solo and Carbonite. And that was kind of one of the turning points in her sympathies to the Empire. And she told her friend, basically, I'm going to go to the to the bathroom or something like that and never came back. Um, it's it's just a really interesting look at, again, like you mentioned, like normal people in the galaxy. And how they're not they may not be personally impacted by the Empire, but once they kind of break through all the lies and the propaganda that they've seen, how they they break out of it and they do the right thing. And then at the very end of the story, she helps like herd people onto emergency transports that leave Bespin, which I think is a really nice choice and some great storytelling for some of the stormtroopers that may not may or may not have had a choice in their service to the empire. Um, it's, it was also kind of tongue in cheek, funny, just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it. Well, I mean, obviously it's one of my, uh, it's one of my honorable mentions but still it was it was an enjoyable read a lot of these stories while they weren't my favorite were enjoyable reads like one of the mm-hmm. one of the other ones that I'm not going to mention because it's not an honorable mention but like the one about the cook and and yeah. how she has to like cook for Vader and then the very last line of it is like but we don't even know what he eats like just things like that I think make this volume a little bit more enjoyable than a new, than the iteration in A New Hope. So just to kind of segue us from that, what is your second to last honorable mention story? Okay, my next one is Rogue 2. Which oh, that is was such a good one. This guy named Zev who is call sign Rogue 2 um because Rogue One obviously got like retired or whatever after mm-hmm. the events of Rogue One. One, I like this one because there's a lot of Rogue One references. So oh, true. Rogue One reference. Also, Leia is there and she slays. But also, I just, like, I don't know. This is another one where I'm like, I like Luke Skywalker, but I don't usually, like, gravitate toward things that are about him. But this, the way in this story, everyone, like, admires him and not in a way it's like, oh, he's like a hero. It's, like, about his, like, humility and his, like, yeah. the way that he's just, like, a good guy to everyone mm-hmm. he ever meets. Um, and I love the scene where they're, like, oh, because they're talking about how they always, like, bet on stuff, like, as a mm-hmm. fun little thing that they do. And he's, like, okay, whoever, like, can find, because this is after Luke, like, goes missing when they're on Hoth. And so he's like, okay, whoever can, like, find Luke and bring him back, like, wins this one. And, like, Leia comes in and everyone's like, oh, shoot, we're going to get in trouble. And she's like, no, like, I think you're betting on hope. And she also, like, quotes Jin or so. And I was like, man. Man. I was actually <laughs> going to ask. So mention. I was actually going to ask which story that was in because that was another one of the moments within the book itself that really stood out for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked that part, especially the part where he talked about them retiring the call sign rogue one yeah just delicious it's so good Jin Urso, and there's also you will part where leia like is talking to their squad and she like names all of them by their mm-hmm. like actual names without having to like think about it at all and just like the fact that like her and luke both clearly cared so much about the people working under them i think is like a huge part of their characters and i like yeah. getting it from the perspective of someone who's like obviously very important to the rebellion i mean like he's literally rogue too but like also he's just kind of a guy yeah um, <laughs> and i love that also i was listening to the audiobook and i was very confused because because i was just like re-listening to some of the stories i knew i wanted to talk about and i was confused because i thought they were saying zeb and i was like i know this story <laughs> is not about zeb but did they name this other guy zeb and then i like sh- double checked it and i was like oh it's zeb with a z or a v that makes so much more sense <laughs> Zeb actually was at the Battle of Hoth. He told me himself. And, oh my god. Literally, if <laughs> Zeb was in this book, I'd go crazy. 
Um, my second to last story is A Good Kiss, which the title alone just drives <laughs> me insane. Like this entire chapter was just like Hanleya parallels. And I I love the relationship that Jordan and Chase have with each other, which I think it's hilarious because Jordan and Chase are some of the most white guy, frat guy names that I've ever heard in my entire life. And CB Lee made them gay and made them kiss on the mouth. So a win for gay people. It's so true. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. You, You look like you could use a good kiss. Come on. Screaming, crying, throwing up. You can poetry, poetry. Oh, delicious. Um, yeah, love the story. Love, love, love it. Um, and also, I appreciate how Chase calls Captain Solo handsome. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I that one just people. is like a good. Like, I love a good little like yeah romantic moment. So I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he fell for the Tauntaun handler. Oh my god, that's literally the plot of like a hollow novel. Like, <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, your last honorable mention. What shall it be? My last one is Lord Vader will see you now. It's about Ray Sloan. Um, so true. That was a good one. John, is it John Jackson Miller? Yeah. Yes. Who wrote um a new dawn, which slaps anyway. Mwah. Um. I just like a Ray Sloan moment. I think she, I don't know. I was about to say she's an underutilized character. I think she is. You know what? I'm going to stand by mm-hmm. that. She actually doesn't appear that much. Um, yeah. She I think, appears yeah. in. I want more of her, like, yeah, like in that, this period and also like the Return of the Jedi time when she's kind of yeah. like doing her, her <laughs> usual stuff, you know? Um, yeah, she's very. I also do like this one because she is like I literally have been doing the most meaningless work forever and I just want to be noticed and then at the very end when Vader like starts to leave and she like speaks up and is like so what about me and then she's like oh shoot I should not open my (laughs) mouth I might die right now um and then he like actually gives her like a higher position in the empire but good for her the story itself is good love the John Jackson Miller's writing and girl boss. Ray Sloan specifically but it's mostly just because Ray Sloan is in it and it's so Ray true that's so valid of you um my last honorable mention is Heroes of the Rebellion which follows a journalist like a propagandist who originally came to Hoth to interview like Han and Leia and Luke and she she's on her way to go interview I think Leia and then Hoth base gets attacked and then the rest of the story is her being led by another one of the characters in the story which i think she was like a comms specialist or something like that but she and the other like attendants i guess of hoth base echo base i should say are led to the emergency transports and i think the the moment that stuck with me the most uh, is the last few pages when they're talking about how they're so nervous and they're like literally about to like like they're on the verge of life and death when they are trying to get to get away from Hoth base and they have their X-wing X- X-wing escort that's an interesting thing to say they have their X-wing escort and they can't see anything that's going on and they are literally sitting there waiting to die because they don't know if their transport is going to get taken out but the final moment when they say we're away I repeat we're away and they're in hyperspace and everyone just kind of like completely changes and they start screaming and clapping and you know patting each other on the back and then the propagandist she kind of changes her view of of her project and she says i want to interview the the everyday people of the rebellion because those at the end of the day the every the everyday normal people are what makes the rebellion go and it was just really nice to see that kind of flip between the the big names and then the the switch in framing to the little people i guess who make the rebellion go and it, it it was it's just a really really enjoyable story and that one I don't know why it made me cry but it did 
um, it was, it's just a really, really good story, really well written by Amy Ratcliffe. So, lo- love you, Corwee. That's her name, Corwee. Um, okay. Yeah, that one's one last. Good. I do love that one. <laughs> one last honorable, honorable mention. I do have to say, in Zoraida Cordova's Wait for It, I think that's what it's called her Boba Fett story, wait for it, there is a mention of the Corellia job, which is the events of Bounty Hunters number one and does include Valance. So I'm calling it a de facto Valance reference. That kind, yeah, in that this book. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So now we are going to start in on our top three stories. Um, this, this, These ones might be a little bit surprising, but Claire, why don't you start us off? All right, so my number three is There's Always Another. It's the Obi-Wan Kenobi story. I talked about the Obi-Wan Kenobi story last time. I feel like I'm really <laughs> talking about Obi-Wan more than I usually do. But once again, this one is very good. Um, Basically, this story takes place when Luke is like, I have to go save my friends. And Yoda and Obi-Wan are like, "Can have you considered not doing that? Because you might die. <laughs> And also, like, you need to keep being trained. And Luke is like, I'm literally fine. And the entire story, Obi-Wan is like, oh my god, he literally is acting so much like Anakin right now. And I don't know how to cope with that or, like, what to do. Um, There's this one line that's, like, thinking, like, think about how much easier things would be if the Skywalkers didn't care so damn much or something (laughs) like that. And I was like, wow. Um, There's also Padme mentions, which, thank god, we always need Padme. I think there's a Bail mention very briefly um which once again we always need those but yeah I just think that it's and there's also this part where um uh Obi-Wan is like if any like literally if anybody else had been dealt the same cards Anakin was dealt they also would have turned and then he's like wait why do I still feel the need to defend him after he literally killed me and I just think that you know obviously their bond between them has changed a lot from like how when they were like literally brothers during the Clone Wars but like there's still always that like reflex of Obi-Wan's to like defend Anakin and to like protect him against literally everyone and there's also this little bit of like not necessarily questioning the Jedi ways but sort of why is my Siri open? (laughs) she's been opening it all the time recently and I'm like girl go away (laughs) anyway um but yeah it's not like he's questioning the Jedi teachings but he's more like which of these things do I actually believe in and which of them am I just like devoted to because that's what I was always told growing up um and I do like that like well obviously he knows that Anakin is like terrible he's also like I I have to question a lot more now that this has happened and like also you know he always is having like various feelings of guilt about Anakin and feeling like it was his fault and that was a thing in the last book too um but yeah I just like this one and how he's like oh no Luke please don't go down that same path because I literally cannot lose another person which is also like how much he cares about Luke despite the fact that they really didn't actually start like training together until like literally right before he died but he (laughs) watched him grow up even if from a distance um and also you know still has that like attachment to Anakin and like devotion to Padme and like her wishes too so anyway I just like this one it's a solid Obi-Wan story one thing about the from a certain point of view books is they will have a banger Obi-Wan story literally the one in Return of the Jedi is gonna be so good Oh, very excited, which is coming out on the release day of this episode today. So Uh, this is also a call to me from beyond to please edit the episode before Tuesday. Okay. (laughs) Um, So my third top three story. Sorry, I was watching Hulu before this. I don't know why it keeps playing. But my third (laughs) from a certain point of view story is Faith in an Old Friend by... Brittany Williams. Listen, as a solo girly to my core, I am wearing a Han Solo, uh, an, a solo Han Solo shirt right now that says Han Solo on the top with a bunch of Alden Ehrenreich Han Solo. This story, it was a doozy. It had L3, it had Lando, it had references to Solo. It did, in fact, make me cry more than once. Um, it 
it, it it was just everything and i loved seeing the dynamic that l3 had with the other two droids that had been input into the falcon's computer um they were i it's just a, and how it like switched between their points of view and how you mm-hmm. can see like the one droid she was like updating her vocabulary and then you could see how l3 was sympathetic towards the other two droids just such such a good story and i i feel so bad that i haven't read it until now because it is truly so so good um just solo nation forever and ever so that was my third favorite story claire what was your second favorite story in the novel <laughs> my second favorite story is rendezvous point um oh. this is the wedge and tilly story um gotta love wedge basically this one is about when wedge antilles basically has to like rise through the ranks very rapidly within the rebellion because like luke han and leia are all like no one knows where um and so it kind of a lot of that falls to his shoulders um and it's him basically being like i don't know what to do without these people that i look up to and like have have basically idolized um and have followed for so long and now like I am the person that people are looking up to um mm-hmm. Mon Mothma also makes an appearance in this story so, so true <laughs> <laughs> extra bonus points right there um <laughs> but yeah I just Wedge stories are always going to be good because he is truly like the perfect character of like he is he is very like well established and notable within the rebellion but he's not like Luke Skywalker or Han mm-hmm. Solo like he is still just one of the like Aver- he is still just a guy pilots exactly <laughs> um and this story is literally him being like oh my god what if i'm not just a guy anymore what if i have to like literally <laughs> be a part of the leadership of this rebellion um and basically like kind of trying to accept the fact that like what if these people what if like luke Khan and leia never come back and like how is this rebellion going to sustain itself without them? And like, what is his role in that going to be? I just thought it's like a really good, like introspective writing about Wedge Antilles. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also like a bit longer, which like I think yeah. really worked well for this one. Um, oh, definitely. Because there's there is a lot of like heavy detail about him. And it also like fleshes out his character in a way where he's always just kind of like there and everyone kind of like, like bigger Star Wars fans like know who he is and we see him in the movies whatever and he like makes some appearances elsewhere but he doesn't get like this is one of the most in-depth looks at his character that I think we get across like literally all the Star Wars media that exists um and yeah I just like what it's saying about like the existence of this rebellion I like as a body that might have to exist without the people that we think of as the rebellion because obviously when you like watch the films you're like oh yeah like Luke Skywalker he's like the face of the rebellion and it's like what if he wasn't there anymore though (laughs) and like who is gonna step up and like really take charge if all those people fail to make it back I gotta say I'm very excited for the wedge chapter in in the Return of the Jedi book because I one thing about me is when I was first getting into Star Wars and I hadn't read all the books and comics yet, Wedge Antilles was like my top glup shitto. And I loved seeing him in the movies and every single time he popped up, I was like, Wedge! Like, even when I saw Rise of Skywalker in theaters for the first time, I like Leonardo DiCaprio pointing gift at him. Like, he he has just been my guy from day one. He may not be, like, my top guy now, but he is still very much my guy. And he also has a really good stint in the um, dreaded 2013 Star Wars series from Dark Horse, where it goes into him coalescing Rogue Squadron. Um, never mind the fact that it was written in 2013 and Luke still talks about having feelings for Leia. It's still a really good... Awkward. Yeah, Akotako <laughs> moment. But anyway, it's still a really good look. And it, 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 this chapter moment that. Jesus, this chapter reminds me a lot of the character work that went on for Wedge in that series um, because he he had to go rescue Luke and Leia from Leia was on like a mission and then her 
X-Wing exploded and she almost died. And then Luke was like jealous of Wedge because he thought Leia was like flirting with Wedge, which is okay. This is 2013. But anyway. Like Wedge and Luke, have you considered flirting with each other? Exactly. With your exactly. literal sister. <laughs> anyway, this I I really enjoyed this story too. Wedge is good in every story that he's in. He's also in a lot of the Hoth stories, like even just as like a background character, still on point in those stories as well. Okay. So My second top story is Amara Kell's rules for TIE pilot survival, probably. Because, oh so my god, I I am obsessed with this woman, okay? <laughs> like, when she's flying the TIE and she keeps thinking about kissing her crush in the shower, like, come on. So like, real. <laughs> I, and not only that, but it does give me kind of like an a Han Solo Imperial Cadet kind of vibe. Where some mm -hmm. people are like dedicated members to the Empire, and then some people are just here to be here. Shout out to Tamu and Litton Dree. I I was I'm obsessed with this chapter. It might be one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars ever because it's like it's funny. It's super duper duper gay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's it it's just an interesting look at the TIE fighter pilots that you don't really get from a lot of the mainstream like star wars media like you don't you don't know what what tie fighter pilots do in their free time unless you read like Sh shadowfall or han solo imperial cadet and then the again the added bonus of it being very 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 gay just it it, it truly just puts it at the top for me the cherry on top so I, good I am obsessed with her. I want to kiss her on the mouth. I want her to show up in the comics. Like if if she mm -hmm. shows up in the comics, that that will be my Joker. When when her oh gosh, and yeah. when her and Litendry are besties, then you'll see. Yeah, um, her in the comics would slay so oh, hard. Oh my gosh, delicious. <sighs> anyway, gay people real, not clickbait. Love you, Amara. <laughs> gay people very, in very Star much. Wars, so Always true. <laughs> <sighs> all right so we've come to this moment what is your favorite story in from a certain point of view the empire strikes back all right my favorite story i was just thinking i feel like so many of my honorable mentions in top three were like not glub shadowy enough like i was like oh and then this <laughs> one's about like boba fett and even the ones that were glub shadows like like ray sloan and she's still kind of bigger but the my top one is just I don't even know how to qualify this character. My top story is the story Vergence, um, Ooh, which is no. about the cave of evil on Dagobah, which that... is like never in a million years would I thought that would be my favorite story in this book. But oh my god, like it's here's, such okay, a creative a situation. story. Yeah, exactly. This cave is like sentient it's so mm -hmm. like weird and I think that it the reason I like it so much is sometimes I'm like I don't care that much about like force lore I'd rather have like other stuff but then I read something like this and I'm like maybe I do care about force lore I just don't like the stuff that is interesting to me about the force is when we see things like this or like I always mm -hmm. go back to like the Mortis arc in Clone Wars Ooh, and yeah. stuff like that with these kind of like beings that are attuned to the force in a way that humans or like not humans but like people can't really be um but this one is really interesting because basically the cave like evolves its own knowledge through its interactions with force like the force sensitive people that come inside and like have these visions specifically Yoda because obviously Yoda is the one on Dagobah and who is like mostly interacting with this cave um which there's also some pretty slight yoda moments in here i'm not gonna lie where he's unfortunately like, yes i do have to agree <laughs> literally like i'm not usually a yoda stand but like he the he's like oh i actually have like deep guilt and regrets about like my 900 years of being alive um which is like <laughs> yeah you I, I bet you would if you lived 900 years um but yeah, it's just so like interesting. I don't even know how to explain because half of it I still don't even truly understand how this cave like works and like what exactly mm -hmm. it is. But I think that's why it's so good. It's just like a really 
interesting like phenomenon of the force that is is completely unique to this specific entity I don't even really know what to call it um but yeah I, I and yeah the way that it like has the way that it like gains knowledge through like interacting with other force sensitive beings and is basically like okay let me use this to like make more messed up and crazy visions for people like when Luke shows up there and he's like oh my god what's going on um but yeah I just think it's so cool and it's such a like again like if I had like heard about this story before reading this book I would have been like okay whatever but not expected it to literally be my favorite story in here no it is this this word sounds bad but like when you think about it it makes sense. Like one word I would use to describe the story the story is like sickening. Like yeah. not even in the in the sense that it's like scary, but like the the insidiousness, I guess, of this consciousness living in the cave. And like, let's yeah. be honest, what every single time I watch Empire Strikes Back, I am so confused as to what is happening in this cave. No, like, literally. suddenly it's slow motion, and Darth Vader is coming out of nowhere, and then <laughs> Luke Luke's head is in the Darth Vader helmet. But this this story, and I think we talked about this in our last episode, but from a certain point of view, does a really good job at highlighting like unconventional stories like we talked a lot about the creature stories and I feel like this would definitely fall into that category this yeah the 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 notion of storytelling that this story conveys is again just sickening like it's it's so it's just so yeah creature stories I love and adore you when from a certain point of view, Attack of the Clones happens, oh. and there is a Zillow Beast story. <laughs> Stop! Get the Zillow Beast out of here. Sorry for forget the Zillow Beast. I love the Zillow Beast. Anyway, but no, yeah, oh this one God. is just so, like, weird and yeah interesting, and yeah, the way it, like, feeds on people's fear. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. that scene in Empire, I'm just like, okay... Luke yeah, is, no, like, exactly. Like grappling okay. with the dark side. <laughs> That's what Jedi do basically all the time. Like what, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then after reading this, I'm like, oh, that thing was like in his brain. Yeah, and, like, using his fear to create these like weird distortions. Anyway, um, yeah, and then a weird force lore moment. <laughs> One last thing that I wanted to bring up about this story is that it reminds me a lot. Just as a whole, reminds me of the Ark and the Clone Wars. The very, very last arc before Clone Wars got canceled with Yoda and how he kind of like learns how to force ghostify. I don't, yeah. I don't know the proper term, but it it reminds me a lot of the vision that he sees of all of his math of all of his Padawans. Like Dooku's there, Qui Gon is there, um, both Anakin and Ahsoka are there, and they all kind of like Can't try to is there in my heart. So true. <laughs> no, I I have to agree. They are there. Um, it, it just reminds me of that scene where they all like welcome him home and mm-hmm. then they turn on him. Just the that same nature, I think, gets not only exemplified but amplified in this story. And it just it takes it to the top. We had another moment where I'm like, damn, maybe Yoda is cool and interesting. Oh my sometimes. god, no, absolutely not. Rare occurrence of me being like, wow, I'm enjoying this story about Yoda. Extremely rare. non-existent yoda w (laughs) literally perhaps the only one (laughs) so true okay my very favorite story to come out of from a certain point of view empire strikes back is this is no cave listen i was not expecting to go into this book and cry about a story about a giant space slug living in a rock like The prose itself is just so beautiful and how the Exegorths kind of like, or Psy-O's, I guess, how their like consciousness and how all they wanted to do was just make their friends happy. So they gave them, they gave them Minox and, and then he got made fun of because he was smaller and he didn't realize that Minox weren't butterflies, just it's always and, the creature stories. I can't do it. 
And then the, I think one of the last parts of it is talking about how he, how they knew that they wouldn't see each other again, but then they knew that they would come together in the force someday. I'm, I'm literally about to cry right now because I'm rereading it. I have it open in front of me. Um, it, I, I just have to read this passage. Saya would meet its beloveds again. It would meet the atoms that had once been with them, which was no different. In the incandescence it had sensed reverberating through the women, it would find them again, and they would laugh at these ancient times long past, these griefs that once seemed so important. They would understand then the love Sayo meant when it sealed its mouth and altered its internal pressure and instructed its respiratory system to begin the manufacture of oxygen. Sayo would understand in turn what urgency drove them so hard hard towards unsafety it would know the other beings they knew it would grasp what had kept them so hot and quick what had made them afraid and in that glow they would all move as one outward toward the uh, the known and unknown one day they would find each other again and how and no one would be alone goodbye sayo thinks a century afterward how unsorrowed i will be to see you my friends one day soon on the longer path are you fucking kidding me literally it's literally crazy it's literally insane i am wiping my eyes right now because i'm literally about to cry how was this in a story about a space slug living in a rock <laughs> please oh my god i can't and then the other thing about the story that just drives me insane is the part about how they like how they see han and leia I have to find it. Where is it? Um, one of the beings inside Sayo glowed incandescent with it, um, as steady as her own heartbeat. And so, in these moments as dear as darkness, Sayo glowed too. Are you kidding me? I just, I, I, I can't. I can't. It's, I, I, I have no words. I just, I, 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 I mentally can't. I can't do it. Yeah, this is make me think about how the dragon snake story in Return of the Jedi is gonna ruin Stop. my life. Oh <laughs> I my literally God. was tearing up over the like paragraph long like oh preview that they posted. I was like, "How am I gonna do a whole story of this?" I can't. Oh, love you, creature stories. You will always be famous. I just I adore them. I love suffering. An just period. Anything about like little animals i just love it i'll eat it up oh <laughs> I, I love how yours was that emotional one and mine was like here's this cave <laughs> that uses the force <laughs> to each their own but i do believe this completes our recap of from a certain point of view the empire strikes back uh, do you have any final thoughts before we switch into Kessel Run Book Club, perchance? It slaps. I'd, I'd have I can't to wait for Return of the Jedi. I'm so excited. I The first so thing I do when I get off of work tomorrow is speeding towards that Barnes & Noble and getting it. Yeah, I need, no, I need to complete my collection. Like, ugh, I've been preserving my literacy so well, so I can just eat it up i'm literally i'm about to speed through that book yeah i am just very excited thumbs up all around from <laughs> these two podcasts <laughs> <sighs> okay so shifting now into kessel run book club which i'm pretty sure is kind of short this week um at, at least on my end i only have afro 35 which yeah. i <laughs> <laughs> it's it's another one that was a doozy. It, oh, I'm I see the panels replaying in my brain right now. Mm -hmm. God, I love gay people. Gay people real. Gay yeah. people not clickbait. Gay people that, kissing yeah. on the mouth. <laughs> I just love women kissing. <laughs> and also, Domina's living up to her name. Like, oh my gosh would at what did Afro say she was like okay I like like authority and and something like that I was like wow representation <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god 
but no this... it was so good and also Afra kind of having a She's... sad moment where she misses Santa is always my favorite because I am <laughs> Santa and Afra for life yeah <laughs> She's in her slut era, and I think she should be allowed to do that. Yeah, good for her. Also, when they're at, like, the club or whatever, and she tries to introduce Lucky to that guy. Oh, and my like, God. I am literally engaged. And I was like, yeah. And he, the, the funniest thing is that he's, like, a carbon copy of our, of Ariel. Like, I, <laughs> I, this issue was really enjoyable. And while I did love, I've talked about this before, I did love the the real like spooky star weird stuff in the last arc i feel like this was a nice breath of fresh air to come back mm-hmm. to and like see afra being a girl slut so real of no, her really and now they're um, like oh afra is being confronted with her feelings Scary. oh my god <laughs> i can't i'm i'm excited for this next arc yeah me too it's gonna <sighs> be so good absolutely <laughs> love you Alyssa, bestie of the pod once again who also has a story coming out today if I can get this episode done in from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi about Ewoks. I don't remember which one. Oh, it's one, gonna be so good. I know. Perfect I'm Cameron. I'm just so excited for for from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's all the releases that I read last week. Well, moving into literacy updates, I do have to say I've been semi literate in the time that I've been preserving my literacy. For this episode and preserving my remembrance of what happens in uh, from a certain point of view Empire Strikes Back for this episode. So when we last left off, I was in the middle of House of X, finished it, liked it a lot more than Powers of X. Yeah, yeah, I know, whatever. They're an interconnected series, basically. But what if I simply don't like one? What if I ha- pay no attention to intergalactic happenings? What if I have no idea what's going on with cloning and time jumps? I don't know. I'm just a girl. But anyway, the next thing I read was, this is funny, the day that the series ended, I started Alyssa's Deadpool run, which was very, very funny and just hit the spot after all of the things that I've read. It was funny. There were gay people valentine wong i'm obsessed with your mind i love how you turn spoilers by the way into a crazy antler creature with glass arms and needle fingers like i i'm just obsessed with their mind um the other thing that i read was i i've had this freaking poison ivy ivy the heck ivy hardcover in my polls for literal months and I finally said, you know what? Just put it in my pile. I'm going to buy it. And it was, I think it was my first DC book that I've like read, read and paid attention to. It was really good. G. Willow Wilson, you will always be famous. I love you, girly. Um, I also love Harley and Ivy. I I just love gay people. I love gay people so much. I need much. to read more of them because I love them. I just haven't I like gotten like deep into it yet and i'm like me neither but i always see like random panels of the two of them and i'm like wow yeah (laughs) i love women (laughs) (laughs) so true Uh, but yeah g willow wilson love you please keep reading writing poison ivy so i can keep reading um and then last night i made the disastrous mistake of re-embarking on my bounty hunters reread so I read from issues 27 to 32. So I started with the uh, Accretion Disco arc, ended with the Zuckus, the Zuckus one shot. And then the next two are 33 and 34, which I'm going to make the poor mistake of rereading tonight and tomorrow so that I can be ready for Bounty Hunters 38. I'm in- praying for you, seriously. <laughs> Claire! <laughs> Don't do this to me. Oh my God, it's so fine. I literally was sitting, okay, I was at my girlfriend's apartment today and I got the email, like I looked at my phone, I had the email with the like PDF and so I like literally ran across the room to get my laptop and she's like, Stop. what are you doing? And I was like, I have to read, I have to read this. And then I was like reacting out loud and she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, that's okay because it's, yeah. Oh no. Anyway. 
Also, Valens <laughs> looks baby, very baby girl in this issue. So yeah, he looks so oh. good. I was like, hello, best friend. Also, <laughs> his jumpsuit is back, which I can now use for future cosplays because I really need to do my redo my Valens cosplay. <sighs> anyway, how has your literacy been faring, dear Claire? See, here's the thing. It's actually been pretty good because I did reread a bunch of the fact pop stories before this. Um, but also that was most of what I read. So it seems like <laughs> I'm not being very literate, but I swear I was. Um, I also am actually continuing Saga now. I said last time that I needed to do yes! that and I'm doing it. I think I am about to start like volume six. My goal oh, okay. is to you're finish basically caught up. volumes. How many volumes are there? I think right now out, there's either six or seven. But you're, oh, okay, you're completely fine. Because I think I have six and seven, like, because I got them from the library. I think I have them both. Oh. So I think I just need to, like, finish those. Amazing. I can't wait. It's, it's I, slaying. It's so good. I feel the urge to reread Saga, but I'm physically stopping myself because I need to read new things. And mm-hmm. I need to preserve this literacy that I have cradled in my hand because I can feel it slipping <laughs> through my fingers. But it's... It's so good. It's literally so good. Like it's, I'm actually obsessed with it. It's insane. There's gay people. There's hot people. That it's just there's the, hot the gay art. people. So true. The Venn diagram exists. Like just everything about it. The art is fantastic. Yeah. Brian K. Vaughn, I am in your walls. No, it's Ugh. literally incredible. I was like scared about starting it because I was like it's really long like am I really gonna do this to myself and now I'm like in it and I'm like okay no, no like I'm fully would read like a hundred yeah. issues of this mm-hmm. and now like because the next issue kept getting pushed back and I was like this is great because now I can finish and now I'm like wait actually come back <laughs> be out next week Please. or like this week it was supposed to come out either last week or this week and then it got pushed to august yeah and then it got pushed to september 13th and then it got pushed back another week to the 20th i'm about to be in such a drought once i finish it because what's the furthest place from here which i'm also obsessed with has been on hiatus for like i don't know forever it's not actually been that long but it feels like forever (laughs) but it's finally coming back like end of september i think and i'm like i need like something to get me through up until like that and saga come back and then i'll be all set and my also, literacy hopefully will persevere <laughs> one one other thing i forgot to mention shout out to leah the hunger in the dusk issue two comes out this week which is hot horse not horror hot orc summer i need to reread the first issue <laughs> i i love i love hot people i love bisexuality <laughs> i there's there's just something about it again shout out to leah she is my um hunger in the desk girly who got me one of the variants for my birthday well she she got it for me but then she brought it to me on my birthday but it's just a high fantasy with hot people and elves like that's what i like peak i need to read this I, you should you should you should check in all my boxes yep exactly exactly issue two comes out this week um looking ahead i think of obviously from a certain point of view return of the jedi comes out this week and then a couple weeks later i don't is it next week or the week after i don't remember tales of light and life comes out which is the higher public ya anthology and i I got an an early copy at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con. Have not read it yet because I'm trying to, again, preserve my literacy for for the From a Certain Point of View books. Um, But very excited about that because I flipped through when I was bored and it it just... I'm so excited for that one. It's pretty good. We're so close to Hire of Phase 3 and I don't know how to cope with that. Mm, It's... November's going to be such such a month. I don't even oh, God. know how to process everything that's <laughs> happening in November. Well's <sighs> our man book. Yeah. Love you, Star Wars books and comics. You will always be famous. Yeah. <laughs> so true. <sighs> oh my god. And we have New York Comic Con, which is where oh they're gonna god, do I more announcements. That. Thank Oof. God. It's horrendous for us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
doth thee yeah doth thee have any final thoughts for this episode I don't think so. Whenever y'all listen to this, I'll probably be reading Return of the Dead. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Um, Thank you again to Claire for joining us for this recap of From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, We will be returning in two weeks with another very special guest to discuss From a Certain Point of View, Return of the Jedi. You guys can bully me on Twitter if I am not reading it because I really do need to read it and I really want to read it. Um. But yeah, we're going to keep on featuring the books and comics. I'm not sure what next we have planned, but I'm sure it will be books and comics focused. Um, if you want to email us, our email is castlerunrelay at castlerunrelaypod at gmail.com. Our socials will be in the description if you'd like to follow us elsewhere. Thank you all for listening and may the force be with you.